sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Welcome back in, everybody, here on the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. I'm Dane Martinez. And I got the kingdom, Kevin Walsh, with me, helping me give out winners and help me put the fun in functional sports content. Kev, unfortunately, Major League Baseball is not having fun. When the Marlins had their outbreak, Rob Manfred was in, you know, said, we are not in the nightmare scenario. You know, it was like, this is this one outbreak. We can contain it. Even you were saying things like, oh, maybe it was because the Marlins were irresponsible. They wanted to have chicken wings, things of that nature. And you talk about the different spider webs that are in play. Kev, we got another spider web, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And we heard about it Friday after we went on air, right? This one is focused around the St. Louis Cardinals. They are having now positive tests. And Kev, here's the thing, right? It's the ripple effect of all of these things, right? Because when the Marlins were out, it impacted the Phillies. They had to test a lot. Then there was all this thing about maybe false positives, and then the Phillies impact the Yankees' schedule, right? Well, the same thing here. The Cardinals were supposed to play a weekend set over the Brewers or with the Brewers. Now, they are in pause as well. The schedule in the Central may have to be rejiggered. We saw the seven-inning doubleheaders happen. There's just so many ripple effects for having to, you know, implement the system and the protocols that are in place. The question is, Is this sustainable, Kev? Is this feasible? We heard Manfred, you know, in extra wag his finger and tell Tony Clark, listen, the players got to do a better job. Part of that may be true, right? Because we are seeing high fives. We are seeing sunflower seeds, that kind of stuff, which is against what it should be. But at the same time, is this doable outside of the bubble in the pandemic? Do you believe baseball is like going to push through, is okay, is hanging by a thread? Or is it right to alert the networks to be ready for alternative programming as early as this week? So we had some updates from Jeff, uh, Jeff Passan. Yeah. And the summary that he gave us at the time, this came out um, this past weekend, was basically saying if the Cardinals spread is contained, the season uh, almost certainly will continue. Uh, if it worsens, there will be concern. But basically, the focus had moved from the Marlins and the Phillies to the Cardinals. And since that uh, news came out, we saw that there were more positive tests for the St. Louis Cardinals. And the news that followed, which was Lorenzo Cain opting out, I thought was substantial because it shows that even if you start to get things under control, right, Guys yeah. will see this, and, and they will probably uh, want to not chill. exit. <laughs> exactly. The not chill effect, yeah. The, the thing is, for me, why my confidence for, for this sport is very low is this uh, comment here from Rob Manfred that he passed along to Carl Ravage. He said, we are playing. 
The players need to be better, but I am not a quitter mm-hmm. in general, and there is no reason to quit now. We have had to be fluid, but it is manageable. Maybe the worst comment I've ever yeah. seen from someone. This isn't a day where it's like, ah, I'm not a quitter. We're going to keep going. What? This is a public health concern. All that does is say, one, not my fault. Two, I have no idea how, how actually difficult this is going to be. I do not understand the severity of what I'm dealing with. Yeah, I agree with you. As we welcome in our radio audience here around the country here to get on the grid with me, Dane Martinez, the spin statistician, and of course, Kevin Walsh. We're talking right now. Listen, baseball is hanging by a thread, uh, you know, because Kevin, here's the thing, the way I look at it. It's been a week. It's been a week and a half, right? Most of these teams have, what, eight games under their belt, seven, eight, nine, ten games under their belt. We're, what, a sixth of the way through? And there have been two teams compromised with outbreak, let's call it, right? And then whatever that spread is, like, do you think it's done, right? Like, uh, what odds would you give me, Kevin, if I say there will be a third team that has a cluster of tests before this weekend pop up? Is it minus money to you, Kev, or would it be plus money? I don't know how it could be. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean? And so that's what I'm saying. Like this idea that, okay, we'll plow through. All right. And I agree. Listen, if one person has a positive test, maybe you can isolate them and the show can go on. Right. But I don't know. I think we're being a little naive to think that, oh, these two things that we saw immediately in the first week are going to be the only time these things happen. You know, all these ripple effects, whether it be the Yankees, whether it be the Brewers that get touched by this. Is going to be an issue. And then I think you're right, Kev. The other thing we saw here that it's big news to me is Lorenzo Cain deciding to opt out. Okay. Yeah. That means he is seeing the state of play on the ground, right? And maybe it's changing some of these players' risk calculation, right? The idea of opting out, everyone, we all talked about this, whether you got a pregnant wife, whether you got a sick parent, whether you have asthma, whatever the case may be. You have your own valid calculation to make. And what people thought was the risk a week and a half ago is different than what they are seeing is the reality of the risk right now. And Lorenzo Cain and others may decide to opt out. Kev, are we playing baseball this weekend? I I think so. I mean, look, Rob Manfred's not a quitter, so apparently we'll just keep pushing through. (laughs) But please do explain to me how we're going to sort this out. Just take a look at the NL East. The Braves and the Mets have played 10 games. The Nats have played seven. The Marlins and the Phillies have played three. How are you going to yeah. figure this out? Don't tell me that yeah. the Marlins are going to get crowned the champions here playing 10 less games because of winning percentage. That does not work. You cannot do I'm that. telling you, Kev. Two and one, a 667 winning percentage means a whole lot. We go on the field and see how to make some money with baseball while we still have it when we come back right here on the early line. We got a full slate of baseball. 8, 10, 9, 20 games to preview. We'll do it when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on sports grid. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. Kevin, you know, I, I thought, as you know, one of the teams I liked going into the season in the West with the uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. They have stumbled out of the gate. One of the reasons I liked them mm-hmm. is because I thought I would get a full season both on the mound and in the batter's box out of Shohei Otani. And that has not proven to be the case, right? Shohei has mm. not looked good on the mound after now two starts. He has logged a total of one and two-thirds innings, getting hit around, lost the plate in his outing as the Sunday starter yesterday. And now he's going to go for an MRI. He's told the Angels that something's not right. This, I mean, not with the way he's been performing, but in perception, this would be a huge blow for the Angels. Otani, you know, has been someone that's been, I, I think, treated with kid gloves a little bit. And it looks like he may go down again. And the injuries, look, it's very, very sad to see. You don't want to see any player get banged up. I think right. you know, we were kind of talking about it yesterday on the on the night broadcast a little bit. Uh, A-Rod, like they have to decide if they want him to be their ace or if they want him to be the guy that bats behind track. Right. And right. I think it's fair to say, like, look, all we, whenever anybody who, who grew up playing baseball, you know the kid that's the best hitter on the team, best pitcher on the team, right? Okay, but mm-hmm. there's a reason why we get to Major League Baseball, and that's not a thing anymore. Like, I, I, I'm sure my they're all pitchers in Little League. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, right? So, like, and there's a reason why that stuff has to change, and and I, and I think it will. But can I just mention something that I want to make sure I bring up was regards to the Angels that I think I might even argue is I don't know if it's a bigger story, but it stands out to me is that Mike Trout is going to be back on Tuesday for this. He's team. coming back. Yeah, that paternity leave quick. For you, okay, yeah, is it on us? Did we drastically overrate how long this was going to take, or is this a sign of just how lax the protocols are? I mean, Lou Will left and had a quarantine for 10 days, okay? Zion left and had to do a minimum of four days. Troutles will be gone and back on the field. In about four days. I don't even think right. there's like a an incubation period of waiting. Did he test like, two negative times? Doesn't he have to maybe have two negative tests? I'm because sure sometimes they, when they do that, it's not about the days it takes for it to happen. It's about just crossing yeah. that threshold. So maybe and, and look, that's I, in play. But the thing is, like, it takes a while for tests to, to, to yeah. show up. I mean, I'm just, yeah. and I, again, I, I, I'm not wishing anything. I only bring this up to say, when we have oh, this conversation right. about Trout's impending departure, we were like, we right, we're weeks. looking at a, we're, yeah, we're like, we're looking at a week quarantine before he has to go see yeah. the kid. Then we're looking at a week quarantine before he's back, plus the week he's going to want to spell with the kid. That's three weeks. He's going to miss three days. He's going to miss three games. So yeah, I just, and again, maybe we overrated it, or it just is a sign to show, and maybe it's just relative to the NBA how the protocols in Major League Baseball are just very lax. It is different, absolutely. Uh, we, we are not sure. Uh, he is intended to be back with his team, and you're right. And so let's think about that as it relates to, you know, like Zach Wheeler, who maybe, uh, you know, is a brand-new papa as well. Remember, there were a few other guys who had that situation with their wives yeah. being pregnant or having um, giving birth at some point in the season, and we thought they were going to, you know, we didn't know how much time they were going to miss. We tried to get ahead of it, but at least Mike Trout is going to be back Real quick, and you know, he needs to be because those angels are really stumbling out of the gate so far. Another team, Kev, that has stumbled out of the gate, in my opinion, so far is the New York Metropolitans. They are standing at three and seven. You talk about 
those standings in the NL East, right? And it looks crazy with Philly and Miami only wow. having a couple of games, right? The Mets are at three and seven. The Braves are at seven and three. Okay. So Atlanta's right there at the top. The Mets are on the bottom. And, you know, one kind of thing that I thought was going to be good for the Mets this season was getting Cespedes back, right? And he was hitting mm. bomb left and right, bringing some of that happy energy, neon sleeves, big bat flips, all that good, all that good juju. But it's so fleeting with Cespedes, Kevin, because he like, it's just MIA yesterday. Okay. The, he did not show up to the ballpark. Brady Van Wagenen says it was a surprise to him. Uh, they just didn't know where he was. He was literally AWOL. And then we get news later on yesterday that Cespedes is like, not nah, chill. I'm done with this. I'm going to go ahead and opt out. Is this just like Cespedes being Cespedes? Is this like Lorenzo Cain looking around and being like, whoa, this is not okay? Or like option C, like Cespedes just. I don't know, something else is going on that we don't know about. And he's using opting out because of COVID reasons as a cover for something else. Who knows? What do you read into this? The Mets not looking good and Cespedes won't be there. No, uh, the Mets are not looking good. And it's because they're the Mets. But this is particularly Wild. puzzling. Wild. And here's the thing, okay? Someone needs to explain to me. So we get the first report. We have not heard from Cespedes. We don't know where he is. Okay? <laughs> and then people start to go, oh, no. Is he okay? You've not right. heard from him? Like, this sounds worrying. Yeah. And then the Mets are like, well, okay, well, we have no reason to believe that he's in danger. Okay, so what happened? You haven't spoke to him. How would you figure that out? Oh, right. maybe you were trying to paint him in a bad light in the beginning of the day. Okay, so now I don't trust anything you're doing here. Appreciate you guys for making that abundantly clear. As we head into this. And now we get to find out later on in the day that he decided to opt out, that his bags were packed and he had cleared the room and he was gone. Okay? That he was gone before the game. Screw you guys, I'm going on. But then he, they say that he's opting out for COVID reasons. Now, there's nothing more understandable in the world than a baseball sure. player right now saying, I ain't sure. showing up for COVID concerns. Sure. Why he wouldn't call them is puzzling to me. We then had Joel Sherman do some reporting. Excuse me, I get animated though when the Mets really. That's okay. This is a crazy thing. Yeah. So, so then we have Joel Sherman starting to report though that there was also some incidents of frustration with Cespedes right, with playing not time, being yeah. included in the lineup, and they were maybe trying to mess with his bonuses. But it's real easy to sniff out where that report comes from. The Mets. Sure. Explain to me. How I'm, I'm bothered about my bonus money. Let me leave all of the money on the table and go home. Oh, that makes no sense. The Mets have, impressively here, in 10 games, given you enough ammo over a buck 62. This team is preposterous. I'd fire Brody Van Wagen yesterday, if not far sooner than that. I understand Cespedes has clearly not handled himself here in a professional manner. But somebody's going to have to explain to me how we got to this point, that somebody opting out of a baseball season didn't even want to call upper manager. Mm -hmm. There's clearly an issue there, clearly a disconnect. And they proved this at the start of the day when they went, we don't know where Ioannis is. And people were like, right. oh man, that's concerning. And they were like, oh, well, he's okay. 
How do you know right, what's right, going right. on here? The Mets yeah, continue yeah. to be a Mets. Yeah, when you talk about massaging the story, you talk about Brady Van, right? And listen, one thing we know, you referenced A-Rod on the telecast of the Yankees game. A-Rod may be Brady Van's new owner and maybe the guy who drops the hammer on Brady Van. You got to think that any new ownership group may want their guys in. But as we spin it to the lines for today's game, I mean, Kev, you talk all this about the Mets, right? But they got Jacob DeGrom on the hill today. So isn't that kind of the greatest equalizer, even though they may be a dumpster fire, even though they're in the basement at three and seven, they are favorites today on the road at Atlanta because DeGrom is on the hill against Soroka. Are you fading this Mets drama because you can get the Braves at home at even money? Look, Soroka was pretty good uh, in his couple of starts here. The Mets lost the last time DeGrom was on the mound because, of course, they did. He doesn't have a win yet this year because, of course, he doesn't. I, I don't know what to do with this team. They've lost I mean, DeGrom is above all this, aren't they, though? Isn't DeGrom no, kind of not. above all of this? And DeGrom not can just go out and shut him down? Oh, sure he can, and then, get, and then end up with a loss because he gave up one run. Yeah, absolutely he can do that. The, the, look, the Braves at even money with the way the Mets have been playing, for me, is probably the only way to play this game. But also, DeGrom at that price is very, very nice. It's That's a tough, tasty. tough game to call. Yeah, I mean, it's very rare to get DeGrom at that kind of level. Maybe the total, the total does stand at seven and a half. That may be another way to spin it. We got more baseball previews when we come back. And then George Kirk, we're going to talk hockey, too. All that on the early line. Stay with us. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Thanks to Chris, as always, for the update, getting us all caught up, getting you all the information you need right here on the grid. Kevin, as we continue to look, at our Major League Baseball slate today, you know, new series right after the weekend. We're traveling. Some teams are off today. The Phillies have been off for a while. Kev, remember, there's that spider web you talk about, right? So they haven't been in action. You reference the standings in the NL East, which is ridiculous. The Phillies have only played three games. They're a little rusty. And uh, in their first game back, Kev... Oh, yeah. yeah. Garrett Cole on the hill facing them. That is a pretty interesting welcome back present. The Yankees are hot. Aaron Judge is like so hot that he sweats steam at this point. It's like liquid hot magma. And right here, Garrett Cole and the Yankees are minus 300 against the Phillies team that hasn't played in a week. Is three bills too much? You're going to play the run line. You're going to play Cole's strikeout props. You're going to play the total. How do you do this one? I think it's obvious with Garrett Cole on the hill and the rusty fills, right? But minus 300 is certainly a huge number. Yeah, it is. Um, now, let's also make the point here. Barry Bonds currently sweating uh, as Aaron Judge will put the home in 60 games. Home run record. In 60 games? Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Quite obviously, Aaron Judge is the best, best player in baseball's history. And I don't think I'm uh, overreacting one bit when I say that. Look, the only way to play this game is the Yankees. Like, if you've been off for a while, okay, and now you're going out there and seeing Garrett Cole, it sounds like an absolute nightmare. Uh, the strikeout prop is not listed yet. Uh, but, you know, anything under double digits is probably going to be something you're going to want to play on. 
I don't know, maybe it's too obvious, but it, it feels like a decent way to back this team. Minus one and a half is minus 156. That's tough. I I mean, this is just a tough, tough spot for them. I mean, what a disastrous welcome back, right? Really the New York is. Yankees. It, you know, but yeah, this really is the is. tough thing with Garrett Cole on the mound. Like the Yankees are already so good. You it's really hard to back Garrett Cole, okay? Because you either, you know, you're laying a run and a half, you not need the offense to step up. Oh, I'll take the Yankees team total. That has nothing to do with Garrett Cole. And of itself, the strikeout prop is going to be incredibly high. It's going to be at least probably nine and a half. Like, that's the thing. It's very difficult to find ways to back this team. And we're going to start to get to a point probably, uh, Dane, if, say, they win this game, I think that would put them then at seven in a row. Uh, yeah. Seven, seven wins in a row. You're going to start to say, oh, okay, now they're due for a loss. And people are going to start trying to bet against the Yankees and, and predict that loss. But right now, you know, they've obviously been fantastic to back winning uh, six straight games here. It's just difficult to find the angle where you, you feel as if you've got uh, an edge because of the juice you have to lay. Yeah, and absolutely. I remember the Yankees are even getting stronger. Or this Chapman rejoining the team after his bout. Uh, being on the COVID list, although uh, Kane Lee, one of their other stud relievers, it looks like it went down. It looks like he's going to have surgery and miss the rest of the season. But Chapman does come back. Would this be a thing that we do in the same way I told you about having an alert for the Orioles? Like, hope the Phillies get up one nothing somehow. Cole will give up the solo home run. Didi Gregorius is comfortable in that stadium. Could he go to the short porch, get a one nothing lead? Would you play this live if the Phillies get up early? Yeah, look, if, if that happens, you'd be interested. But but we have to think about it then, right? So if Garrett Cole gets touched up early, well, a lot of the stuff yeah. we thought coming in is now not true. He's got touched right. up. The Phillies aren't rusty. So now you have to be kind of careful there. And maybe you just play a pregame over nine, right? Because Jake Arrieta is obviously not what he once was. And he's coming right. up against the Yankees lineup, and they're so locked in right now. And if Garrett Cole does give up even three runs, you probably feel decent about getting where you got to go. Look, the tough thing is, even with this Yankees team, is you go to like two and a half runs and you're barely, you know, touching the plus money zone even, right? So that's just why it's so hard to back them on Garrett Cole days. It's a very, very, you know, traditional money line parlay spot. Look for some other favorites. Mm -hmm. And and the thing about where we are as well right now, Dane, is you can cross sport parlay, okay? For example, we talked about the Sixers an hour number one. Maybe a Sixers Yankees parlay right. gets the job done. I think that's another. I think that's another way you can probably try and uh, get the job done. I like that. I like that with the Sixers facing the Spurs. Remember, we played back to back in our plus seven. That's a big line. Maybe you don't want to lay this. And these Yankees are also kind of big old favorites. Listen, we will see what the Phillies look like. They haven't played in a long time. One thing I know is that the Phillies manager, at least, is familiar with this team and the Yankees, familiar with that stadium. Joe Girardi former Yankees manager. Kev, one game I'm going to be very excited about, a series I'm going to be very excited about that starts off is in the NL West. Kev, you know the dads, the fathers, the Padres are kind of our adopted Mm -hmm. team. They have been performing well, right? Listen, the Mets haven't gotten out the gate a lot like we thought. The Reds are under 500, one of those teams that we thought. The White Sox are just around 500. Those are teams that are young that we thought could surprise, right? Toronto was among them as well. They sit below 500. The Padres, however, are six and four, are looking good. They have, it sounds crazy, right? In the 11th game of the season, what I believe is a big series against the prohibitive favorite Los Angeles Dodgers. And we've got aces 
on the hill tonight for both teams. Walker Bueller for the Dodgers, the Black Hat, Chris Paddock for the Padres. How do you see this game? This, I, I mean, I, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but this is a big series in the NL West. Right now, the Padres would be in the playoffs. The Dodgers would be in the playoffs. And these are two teams that we think could still be there in this division at the end. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, give the Rockies their credit. They do sit right now. For yeah, absolutely. The division. Absolutely. Um, but this is, and of course, you know, we've got Paddock Bueller. Like, this is an aces uh, matchup here. But I do look at this total of eight, and I have to ask myself, is Cody Bellinger not playing in this game? Is Ben Machado <laughs> not playing in this game? Is Fernando Tatis not playing in this game? Now, Mookie Betts actually might not be playing in this game day-to-day with a finger injury. Um, but I, and I tend to do this, and look, it doesn't always work. Sometimes I can get myself in trouble here. But I will look at these games with two aces on the mound where there are still good lineups on both sides of the plate, and I'll attack an over eight. Because, for example, right, like there, there's another spot like this on the board uh, with the Indians and the Reds. Please, Zach, who was great in his first start against, the, uh, against Sonny Gray. But I don't know if I like either of those lineups as much as I do the other two lineups that we're talking about here in Dodgers-Padres, where maybe I'll be a little bit more hesitant in that game. But I think a total uh, of eight is very low when you consider the two offenses. That'll that these guys are going to have to face, and, and don't forget, well, they got to face these pitchers. The though. They got to face these pitchers. They got to get runs off of Bueller and Paddock. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly, right? But okay. you know, the Padres uh, have there was nine total runs in, in Paddock's first start, and there were thirteen total runs in his second start. Like the bullpen still get involved in these games, right? And Bueller gave up two runs to the Astros in his uh, first game. I just. Look, I'm not telling you the number's going to fly over. What I'm telling you, though, is you still got two great offense. Like, the Padres play the other day in, in cores with a total of, like, 12. I understand that's Coors right. Field. It's not Walker Bueller. Right. I get all of that. What I'm saying, though, is if you're going to look for value here, I just think sometimes maybe trying to play the over on these games where there are two aces but still two wonderful lineups in tow here, I, I think that's why I'll look to attack the game. All right, fair enough. We talk about the NL West, and... You make the point, and you are correct. We do need to give the Colorado Rockies their due. I'm over here hyping up the Dodgers. You know we're on the fathers, right? But it is the Rockies who are in first place in the NL West. They stand at 6-2. and two. They've got a divisional matchup, a divisional set coming up early this week. They play the San Francisco Giants. And as we see all the odds and stuff that our guys have been putting up with all the games today, I'll tell you, when I look at MLB tonight, the number that pops up to me the most is when I look at Colorado and the San Francisco Giants, that total, Kevin, is at 13, okay? That's a big-time total. Now, yes, it is in Coors Field. Yes, we know the ball flies. Yes, we know the thin air is there. I also think that the Giants are not like an offense that scares anyone. Yeah, you know, your scrumptious grandkid is hitting balls into McCovey Cove. But I don't know that the Giants' offense is primed and ready to take advantage of Coors Field. When I look at Giants-Rockies, are you leaning with the Rockies, their hot streak, their first-place team at minus 140? Or are you looking at the total of 13 runs on the number? The thing is, everything you're saying about the Giants' offense is true. Yeah. But it's been really good. They're averaging almost five okay. runs a game. Like You look right. at the RBI leaders, right, and you see Aaron Judge at 14. And right below him is, Donovan Solano for 13 on me. I was like, what are you doing? Hey, dude, what are you doing here? It's 
their offense has been good, and that's why this number sits at 13. It's not just the Rockies thing, okay? Like, they're only minus 140 favorites. That number, though, is ridiculously high. It's a tough game to call. The Rockies will send Chi-Chi Gonzalez out to the mound, and, I mean, that's an all-star name if I've ever heard one. Unfortunately, he doesn't have the production <laughs> to, to back it up, which uh, is certainly a shame here. But this Rockies offense has started to wake up a little bit over their, you know, in the three games that they played the Padres, seven runs, six runs, nine runs. Uh, they, they've started to certainly get their legs under them. Cueto's been okay though in his first couple of starts, but I'm also the kind of guy that when I see, you know, an NFL game with a total of 56 and a half, 57 and a half, I'm like, yeah, let's bet it over. Why not? I, and then, you know, that's just how I am. I see 13 runs on the board. And it's gonna be a you know it's gonna be a sweat the whole night because eleven runs is a ton of yeah, baseball game, and you'll be like, oh gosh, I can't believe I did this. And now I'm sitting here hoping Donovan Solano gets RBIs fifteen and sixteen, but that's just how it goes. But I, I tend to you know especially if I'm having a nice night, I'll just I'll mess around and um, I'll I'll get involved uh, with an over thirteen. I, I think even Cueto at the plus money is interesting. He's been all right to start the year. Yeah. Um, you know, it's an interesting way to attack it. 13 is a lot of runs. You would need a lot of things to go right, Kev. Can it happen? Yes. For me personally, that is a little bit of a stay away. Other games going on today in Major League Baseball. Listen, the Cubs have the biggest division lead in all of baseball, two and a half after only nine games in that NL Central. They are the only team over 500 in that division. Maybe they stay healthy playing the Kansas City Royals. You got the Cleveland Indians taking on the Cincinnati Reds. Joey Votto kind of taking himself out, self-isolating because of potential coronavirus symptoms. And then out west, you got the Oakland A's, the Seattle Mariners, some other games on the slate, White Sox and Brewers, and of course, Pirates and Twins as well. But when we come back, oh, hockey with our guy, George Kurtz, the playoffs are going on in the NHL. Come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line right here on SportsGrid, where we give you the edge, and we do everything. If you've been watching this show, you've been watching this network, we talk about eSports, we talk about WNBA, we talk about DFS golf. It don't matter if you can bet on it, we will cover it, and we've got our guy George Kurtz in right now, because you may not have noticed with MLS and NBA and NFL news and Major League Baseball hanging by a thread. But the NHL playoffs got going back again, whether you call them these reseeding games or these first-round play-in games. I don't know what we call them, George, because they all still qualify potentially for that first overall pick, as we know. But uh, we bring in our guy, George Kurtz, right now here on the early line. And, George, first of all, I got to ask you, you know, when basketball started for Kevin, I called it like Christmas morning for him. So excited to see all this. How did you feel overall this weekend, George, with hockey getting back into the swing of things? It must have been you must have been like a kid in a candy store. Well, it was, it was a little weird at first, Dane, because it was also 90 degrees out. 
right? It's summer. <laughs> right. A little weird to see hockey then that is still being played there, but it felt great to have it back uh, for me personally. To see the players on the ice, the Stanley Cup hopefully will be awarded here. But we got a little nervous because the first thing we found out before the first game was that Igor Shosturka, the goaltender for the Rangers, late mm. scratch, unfit to play. Oh, no. <laughs> You know, did he contract COVID? But he found out uh, during the game, he was watching the game from the stands. Obviously, if he had COVID, he wouldn't be in the stands. He right, was right, right. somewhere. So it was just a li- – they didn't announce it. Of course not. State secrets. But uh, I assume he slept on his neck wrong and a stiff neck, something like that. But that's the first thing. You know, he still got nervous about that. But it's great to have the sport back. Yeah, absolutely. And George, you know, I mean, we were talking about who will start in the pipes for the Rangers, right? It was an interesting question if they give the Rolex gold watch to King Lundqvist or if they go in another direction. That uh, that decision, I guess, made a little bit easier for them. George, when I have it, before we get into the games and the series, and I know we will, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, what about in a big picture level? Um, obviously, Black Lives Matter. Every sport is doing something, right? Whether it's the kneeling, whether it's honoring. And in the NHL, it's a little different. I saw a big speech and I saw the idea, the hashtag of skate for black lives. You know, in the context of everything that's going on, not only COVID, but some of the unrest in this country, how is, uh, how is that happening across the NHL, even in Canada? Yeah, uh, Matt Dumba, uh, the uh, Minnesota Wild, very good defenseman, not having the greatest year, but very good defenseman. He had a very inspiring speech on Saturday, so that uh, was a part of this. Uh, you can't kneel for the national anthem in the NHL because you're behind the you're boards. No one would, no one would see you, but uh, during the national anthem, he had his fist in the air. You know, okay. like we've seen that before too. So that's uh, what does uh, what he did, and I I thought that was fine. I had I didn't have any that's issue with it. I don't I really don't have an issue with any of it, by the way. Uh, even the kneeling, personally, I'm I'm all right with it. We kneel at church. Why can't you kneel during the anthem? He's still showing respect there, uh, so it doesn't bother me all that much. Uh, so George, I want to start to look at some of these games, and um, I'm kind of going to double up here with uh, the Caps and the Lightning and the Dallas Stars and the Vegas Golden Knights because I'm trying to figure out. Uh, if you took anything away from the first set of round-robin games and how it maybe differed from our uh, qualifying games, uh, and as you look at these two big games here, uh, any leans, takeaways that maybe could give us the edge? Yeah, as uh, Kevin just mentioned, Capitals Lightning is it's uh, what they're calling a round-robin game. It's not the play-in game of the other ones. I think what we're, what we're right. seeing on the round-robin games is cautious play. In other words, yeah, we'd like to win. We like to get up in the seedings there, be the number one seed, number two seed, but don't get hurt, right? This is not an elimination game here. For the Lightning today, Steven Stamkos, unlikely to play. Uh, I wouldn't say he's the Lightning's best player. He's probably second best. He's the sniper on the team. Kucherov's their best player, but he's not going to play, so that already puts the Lightning behind a little bit. All right, Washington, we'll see what happens there. But uh, they've been very cautious here. So I am the over-under They've all been going under, so I would lean towards mm. the under. I don't have a feel for the game because, once again, you don't know which team's going to try harder than the other here. I would probably mm. lean still the lightning towards the game, but the under overall, once again, we're not seeing go- goals being scored in the in the round-robin games. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, we always have been wondering, right, George, like what will it look like in a lot of other sports? We've seen the unders as these teams have started to get back into the flow, get their – legs under them and game shape rebuild whatever chemistry is needed sometimes the defenses are ahead of the offenses i want to check in with you though george because before this season started i've been a guest on this show we've talked on shows like in game live as well it seems 
unless I'm putting words in your mouth, it seems like you have been leaning towards some of these underdogs in these series. You were like, hey, plus money may be the way to go. I think a lot of these series, the underdog could be valuable. Now that some of these games have been going on, has that held true? Have there been any surprises in that regard? Are there any underdogs that have been reaffirmed for you as an interesting potential play in their opening series? Actually, for the most part, it looks like the favorites have come through uh, outside right. of, once again, Montreal beat Pittsburgh. But we all know why that happened. It was the big worry of that series. A well-rested Carey Price played very well in a 3-2 Montreal overtime win over Pittsburgh. Uh, in a three-game series, the numbers tell you – now, the NHL hasn't played three-game series, guys, in 35 years. It's been the late right. 80s. 86, I believe, was the last one before the season. Uh, but the numbers, if you if you want to go back 35 years, tell you if you win game one, you're probably going to win the series. Uh, obviously, not always, but you're pro- you have a damn good shot here. Uh, so we'll see what happens here. But right now, it's looking like the, the what, what was true in the regular season, which is five months ago, is still holding true now. You know, assuming those players you're healthy. The Islanders were a dying team, but they were an annoying team back in the regular season when they were healthy because they played a defensive system and they stifled the Panthers. All right, the Rangers, Hurricanes, that did not go as planned. Hurricanes are a good team, but the Rangers, the numbers over the past couple of years tell you the Rangers had the uh, the Hurricanes number. Henrik Lundqvist, who still started that game, had the Hurricanes number, but that did not hold through this time. You know, this time the Hurricanes came through here. Uh, listen, I know Henry didn't have the greatest game, but I wouldn't put that at, at his fault. The Rangers have to score goals. They only scored two. Boom. They're a bad defensive right. team. They need to score goals here. They have a very good offense here. You, you have to score more than two here. I'd say for the most part, the favorites came through in the first game. So let's talk now a little bit about Hurricanes Rangers here. And, and of course, with the Hurricanes being these minus 155 favorites, totals five and a half, uh, minus 120 to that over. The question is, who's going to be the goalie? Do we know who's going to be the goalie? And how much does that impact how you play this game? Yeah, we don't know yet. I mean, and listen, the Rangers weren't going to tell you. They want to keep you guessing, the media guessing, the uh, the Hurricanes guessing, everybody guessing. It's annoying uh, to see what uh, for this to happen here. I think if Shesterkin is healthy, he plays. That would be my guess, but we don't know. And we don't know if he's healthy. Uh, this game... Listen, like I said, Lundqvist did not play bad. You might get on him for the first goal a little bit. It wasn't the greatest goal. It wasn't the worst goal either. But other than that, the Rangers have to play their game, which they got into as the game went along. But it just took too long for them, and they couldn't beat Morazic. The Rangers' big advantage over Carolina is the Carolina goalie. It's Pete Morazic. He's no one's answer to a, a top-notch number one goaltender. You've got to put pucks on him. All right. In my mind, if I'm the Rangers, everything gets shot at the net. When in doubt, shoot. You know, don't look for the dipsy doodle pass. You don't need to make that. You're not trying to be Carey Price here. We have to make a perfect little play and a perfect little shot. Pucks will go in if you put enough rubber on him. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, they're a, good, they're a good overall team. They don't have any obvious weaknesses here. But they're also pretty much a one-line team. Teravine and Aho. The Rangers have to do their best to keep that duo in check. And not let them go off here and score all their goals. I believe those two were involved in two of the three goals on Saturday. Don't get beat by the big line of Teravane and Aho if you're the Rangers. I understand that's easier said than done. The Rangers don't have the lockdown defensemen to match up with them. But that would be my game plan there. Put pucks on net if on the Rangers. And Teravane and Aho keep them in check. Hey, George. You know, we talked a little bit there about Rangers-Hurricanes. There are five other games, five other series that get going or continue, shall we say, today. One of the things you mentioned earlier where these games have been going under, 
Okay. And I'm looking at totals of these games, George. I see a lot of five and a halfs. I see a six and a half in Washington, Tampa with five and a half. Again, also maybe a six and a half in Chicago, Edmonton later on tonight. Are there any games more than the others that you would be more confident will go under today? Those five and a half, you've been saying there's been a lot of unders out of all these games. Which one do you think will be the biggest struggle to put a puck in the back of the net? Which maybe under would you be most confident in today? Which under would I be most confident in today? I'm probably been coming in. You say yeah. Robbins. I'm probably okay. going to Stars Golden Knights. How about that? I think uh, I like that in the okay. round robin game. That's just what we've seen. The round robins. I don't think they're going full speed because once again, right. they, they be going ninety percent. But I think they're for. trying to stay healthy. Also, Golden Knights. Max Pacioretty, one of their better forwards. The Golden Knights are a good overall team. They don't have any star players like Connor McDavid, Sidney McCrosby, John Tavares. Right. They don't have that. They have a good overall team. So for them to be missing a piece hurts a little bit there. We don't know if Max Pacioretty will play. He wasn't with the team as of Saturday. Did he show up? It hasn't been reported yet. I don't know why he wasn't with the team. I don't think it's COVID-related, but I'm not 100% sure of that either. But he wasn't there. I, if I'm going to pick an, an under, Stars, Golden Knights, Canadians, Penguins again tonight. Once again, Carey Price and net. That might be another mm. five-goal game as well. But keep in mind, NHL, that empty net goal is always looming there to screw Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, now, let me ask you, George, because Penguins-Canadians grabs my attention here. Penguins are minus 175 favorites. They're actually the biggest favorites on the board for today's games. But we also have available to us at the FanDuel Sportsbook, though, are relisted series prices after results of the first games. And the Penguins are even money to now win the series after going down one nothing. Am I being too cute in saying if you like the Penguins today, take them at even money to win the series because that number will then get adjusted. They will become the favorites to win the series. Or if you like them, just back them today at minus 175 and let that be it. I kind of like your thinking there because, once again, the Penguins, no one had the Penguins sweeping the Canadians. So you lost the first game. Got to win three of the next four. It is a worrisome about Carey Price. You wonder if the Penguins start gripping the sticks a little tighter because they got to real. Mm. Once again, they're going to try and make those dipsy doodle little plays now because they're worried about Price. We can't beat him on a normal shot. You know, we got to go one timers. We got to get in there, go deflections. We got to change our game plan here. Teams do that against top goaltenders. You just play differently because you're worried about the goalie. That being said, the Penguins, once they got their legs under them, played better. Saturday. They started to outplay the Canadians. Unfortunately, overtime, they had chances early. They couldn't beat Price, and pretty much the first chance Montreal got, they did beat Murray. There's a huge difference in net here. And in hockey, generally, you go with the better goaltender. But if you believe in the Penguins to begin with, I don't I don't see why you don't believe with them now. Carey Price was good. He wasn't great. You better hope he's not great, and you better hope Murray plays a little better. All right. Well, George, thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us. You know, you're definitely our insider here on the NHL. I find it very interesting, this idea of the Round robin games for the seedings one through four. The idea of leaning under because maybe motivation isn't really there to go all out. We'll have you back, whether it's later in the week, next week, because George, we also got to talk about how Aaron Judge may threaten the all time home run record in only 60 games. Correct. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, Aaron Judge made fine. The one game I didn't bet the over is Kevin No. So <laughs> but I had the Yankees. I had the Yankees. So that was a, I think I woke my wife up last night when he hit that home run. I'm sure you did. But again, thanks for stopping by here on the early line. You're always welcome, friend of the show. That's our guy, George Kurtz, giving us all the hockey news and notes that we need. Thanks, George. Anytime, guys. Good luck today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kev, what do you think about that? 
I like that. As a trend, these round-robin games that are not the playoff series, the one through four, the idea of those games going under, less on the line, less motivation. We've been talking about motivation a lot. Yeah, man, and it makes a lot of sense. It's not that it doesn't matter. It's that you're already in the playoffs. So being out matters right. way more. And that's a good point, too, where a team gets to that early goal. You can actually be confident in backing them to extend that lead. Yeah, absolutely. We find out what's going on next on the morning after right here on Sports Rig. Come on back as we finish up. Early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, here on the early line, wrapping up right now. But keep it locked on Sports Grid. Up next is the morning after, as always. And we are overjoyed to spend a minute or two with the co-host of that show, Miss Ariel Epstein. And Ariel, I got to ask you, you know, we're all excited about the NBA coming back. Major League Baseball, we'll see how long they play. Even the NHL came back. I would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit of NFL. We've done NFL shows before. And Mr. Antonio Brown has been suspended for eight games. And I got to tell you the truth. I think that that is done, right? They've defined that so that he can now begin to engage with teams in the second half of the season. It's got to be a contender. And there's one team out there specifically, Ariel, where the quarterback has been vocal, saying he wants them to get Antonio Brown. Oh, yeah. And he's got a family member that would be in the same position group if... He signed with the Baltimore Ravens. Now, you, I know, love the Ravens, are plugged into the Ravens. Is this a head or a heart thing for you as a Ravens fan? Would you want Antonio Brown on your roster for the second half of this NFL season? Assuming it happens, of course. I have absolutely no problem with Antonio Brown joining the Ravens wide receiver core. I think right. that the Ravens actually expressed a little bit of interest because the Ravens yeah. were the first ones to come out saying that Antonio Brown was dealing with issues with the NFL. And John Harbaugh said, the head coach of the Ravens, if Antonio Brown isn't eligible to play, then what's the point in discussing this? Well, now he's eligible after eight games. What do you know? We can discuss it. this now, Ariel. As long as he, maybe he <laughs> needs to be a role model figure. Maybe having his cousin on the team is going to help him stay on the team and not be a mental case. Nah, yeah, who knows? It'll be see. interesting to see. I just like that when someone gets what. suspended, we go, yeah, now he can play. <laughs> it's weird. I tell you, I know you guys be talking about a lot of this on the morning after. I'm in fantasy drafts. I'm drafting him, Ariel, on the assumption Love that he's going to be a Raven. All right, morning after up next, right here, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. Keep it locked. Have a great day, everybody. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.